Welcome to another episode of Bright Headed Publishing Patio Book Book Club. I am your host, Kelly Morgan. I am really excited today to bring you guys a wonderful Christian children's author uh, by the name of East Blonde. Now, East Blonde has uh, wrote this wonderful book called Planting Fruitful Seeds. I even got the book uh, for my grandson, and he loves it. It's it's a beautiful book. It's colorful. I love the way that the book looks, first of all. But East Blonde comes to us with 20 years of writing short stories, poetry, and even uh, black history plays, which I find so interesting. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to dive into that. And now this uh, full colored African American Christian children's book. Planting Fruitful Seeds. And uh, I love the story about how this book started out. So it started out as a gift to her first child on the child's first birthday. She was having a hard time finding a Christian children's book that she liked and a book that reflected her family and her culture. So what did she do? Probably not nothing that uh, most of us would do. She went out and wrote a book herself, right? So she wrote this wonderful book. She let her friends and family and acquaintance read it. And everybody said, you should publish it. So she did. She published a book back in 2011. And since then, she's had a record number of sales on Amazon. So congratulations on that. That's great. Now she's writing another Christian children's book that will be available in early 2021. Um, her passion is writing and it's writing is fulfilling in so many ways. Um, she's also writing another book about healing. And uh, that's a, a book that uh, when you've been raised by a single parent and you wonder if something is wrong with you that you didn't have two parents. And that book is coming at the end of 2021. And that is titled When Daddy Left, My Father Stayed. And that's the title's just deep right there. But everybody, Please welcome East Blonde to my podcast, to the podcast, to our book club, East Blonde. Thank you so Hi. much for being with us. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Kelly. I'm so happy that you are here. You're going to read your book. I have a couple of questions. So what I thought we would do is I thought we would do like a little bit of intro, kind of a little Q&A, have the listeners kind of get familiar with you. And then you're going to read us your book, Planting Fruitful Seeds. Okay, that sounds great. So, first of all, I just want you to tell everybody about yourself, um, you know, kind of maybe give us more information on how the book came into be, and just give us a little bit of background. Okay, well, first, thank you so much. I'm excited for um, um, this moment. Um, as you know, moments we don't get back, so this is definitely a precious moment um, to just be with you, Kelly. I'm excited about this book and it came really a long, long time ago before I even had a family. I looked at children, I babysitted children and I always looked at children as being very special, a truly a gift. And I wanted to make sure that I tried to one, be the best mom that I can be when I had my first child and also just continually reflect our culture to our children um, to let them know that they are so special 
And so with that, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to write something um, dedicated to my daughter and to possibly even, you know, um, encourage other children about Jesus, about God, about all the great things that he's done for me personally. I wanted to pour that into um, all the children out there. I am originally from Chicago, Illinois, um, the inner city, um, to a 16-year-old mother, single mother, that was raised by her grandparents as well as her mom. So I almost had like three parents. And I was very fortunate as a child. I had the attention. I had the love poured into me. I had God poured into me at a very early age. And so one of the things that I said, you know, just growing up, I wanted to just make sure that I created that same foundation for my children and that foundation being in God and understanding that this world doesn't have the final say. It's always going to be God having that final say. So um, that's what this is all about. I know it started out with just this one book. Like you mentioned, I'm going to try to get other books out there in, in 2021. But that's definitely um, a part of me that um, I would like to fulfill before I close my eyes for the last time, whenever that is. That is wonderful. And the thing that I find so interesting about your book is that you self-published this book. And well, you published this book. Did you self-publish this book? I did. I even all the way down to finding the illustrator, all the way down to finding that graphic designer and pulling it together from just blank pages. So you self-published this book before self-publishing was really a thing and probably not as many resources were available in 2011 than say today, 10 years later, 2020. So what is one misconception you had about self-publishing? And I'm just wondering, is that misconception still prevalent today? So I'm interested to hear uh, what your thoughts are. Well, you know, I will tell you the reason why this book was published in 2011. My daughter was actually born in 2006 and her first birthday was 2007. So between 2007 and 2011, this book was sent to every publisher on this God's given earth to try to be published. And I got no after no after no. And they wanted to put me in just a certain genre. And I didn't want to be placed in just the African-American books. I didn't want to be placed in just, you know, the religious area. I wanted to be placed as a children's book. And so between 2007 and 2011, going through all of that, it just led me to look deeper into how I can self-publish. And then I came across um, Author House, and that's who I published with and literally just handed them a full book because they had the distribution. And that's why I decided to do the self-publishing. That distribution, currently has me on every online bookstore, not only in America, but outside of this country as well. Wow. So 
it's um it's been a journey even to get published so what um what is something that you would tell somebody today who wants to be a published author you're looking to publish another book and i would imagine that's going to be self-published um i would imagine that there are more resources now than there were then so if somebody came to you and said hey you you published a book i want to publish a book what what advice can you give me well the first advice is read the fine print of your contract when you're going with a print on demand type of company to make sure that the royalties are intact so whatever book you sell you make sure you get almost all of the money back and not just a quarter per book that's the first thing read the fine prints really understand what your net profits are going to be um if it's not where you want it to be don't sign that contract um for 2021 i am looking to self publish but i also am looking for a fair self publisher or print on demand company and that is something kelly actually um i wanted to you know partner with you in early 2021 possibly through your bright headed publishing company to consider publishing my books through your your company so um hopefully more conversations can come but I would tell anyone just read the fine prints in their contracts to make sure that they're getting the net profits that they really want. Yeah, that's good advice. I think most authors, well at least me, I didn't really think about the money as I did the publishing. I just wanted to be published. And I thought, misconception, that once I got published, the money would just pour in and it it didn't work out that way. So <laughs> I there's a lot of misconceptions out there and so I always like to ask authors what they think and and what their mm-hmm. insights are yeah. especially in this realm of uh self-publishing mm-hmm. which is a it, it's a huge huge industry and uh having a little a little knowledge can take you a long ways. Yes, so, it can. I'm I'm excited tell us yeah tell us what book you will be um reading for us today a little bit like you know where it is available uh e it's all you you can take it away and and read your book okay well planting fruitful seeds by east blonde can be found on amazon.com by simply um typing in planting fruitful seeds it's a full color book inside and out and it's a short read. So, I would start today with my forward. I wrote this book for our children. We all come into this world the same, naked, crying and hungry. Then we are all raised differently. My mission is to make sure all children grow up without any excuses on how to live according to God's standards. Some of our children may not have a mother, father, or family teaching them the following principles: love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, faith, goodness, meekness, and temperance. These are the fruits of the spirit. These are more than just words, they are everyday principles of living. We instruct our children to brush their teeth in order to prevent decay. Shouldn't we want to save our children from a destructive and decaying life? This book is the master book to many short lessons to come. 
Let's give our children a foundation that can withstand any storm life brings. Planting fruitful seeds in our children. Thank God told me. Hi, my name is Mr. Mustardseed. I'm the smallest seed planted in the garden. Will you read along with me to share a story about a little baby girl and the special gifts she received? Please follow along. Fruits of the Spirit. On April 26, a beautiful baby girl named Trinity Grace met her entire family. Everybody had big smiles on their faces. All around the room were pretty flowers and big pink and blue balloons. Trinity Grace had a group of angels taking care of her. They all wore green outfits with white caps. One angel counted her toes and fingers. The other angels washed and wrapped her in a cozy blanket. They carried Trinity Grace to her parents. Her parents were glowing with love. Trinity Grace's great-grandmothers stood around the family and gave her parents nine shiny, wonderful scented pouches. Her parents were so happy to see these small pouches. Trinity Grace's eyes opened so big because she couldn't wait to find out what was inside. Her dad looked into those big eyes and explained that the pouches are special. The pouches were given to all babies in the family after birth. Trinity Grace's GGs, short for great-grandmothers, were so overjoyed that each of them started talking to her. GGO lives in heaven. She told Trinity how she tried visiting her in her mommy's tummy, but she kept falling asleep. GGO watches over all the children in the family and keeps everyone out of trouble. Gigi Penny and Gigi Nanny live on earth. They are both little ladies that give big hugs. They told Trinity to always behave as a beautiful person inside and out. All of Trinity's Gigi's told her to keep the pouches close and to please God always share what's inside. The angel entered the room and told all to leave for the day which caused Trinity Grace to cry. Trinity Grace heard her dad whispering, and all of a sudden she understood what he was saying as he prayed to God and her mom sang quietly. As her parents held hands and fell on their knees, the nine shiny pouches began to shake and open on the table. The first six pouches opened and out jumped. Mrs. Love, Mrs. Joy, Mr. Peace, Mrs. Patience, Mrs. Gentleness, and Mr. Faith. The final three pouches opened to introduce themselves. Mr. Goodness, Mrs. Meekness, Mrs. Temperance. These are the nine fruits of the Spirit. Trinity Grace's mommy encouraged all the fruits of the Spirit to help Trinity understand the role each would play in her life and how this would please God. Mrs. Love told Trinity to smile and raise her arms to give God a hug and God would give one back. She said spending time with God, family, and friends is a way to show love. Mrs. Joy 
told Trinity to clap her hands, which is a sound that is pleasing to God and shows that you are happy. Mr. Peace wanted Trinity to close her eyes to talk and listen to God. Being quiet is a great way to hear others. Mrs. Patience said it is important for Trinity to wait on a parent to dress her for school because God waits on us each and every day. Mrs. Gentleness told Trinity to take care of all she receives from God to show that she is thankful. Mr. Faith wanted Trinity to ask God and her parents before making choices. He said that you must believe that God would be by your side during good and bad times. Mr. Goodness told Trinity to be nice, polite, and to share with others. Mrs. Meekness told Trinity that God thought of us first and we should do the same with people in our lives. Mrs. Temperance encouraged Trinity to not get upset when things don't go her way, but to ask God for help. Trinity Grace's dad wanted her to know that if the scent of the pouches began to smell bad, then she wasn't practicing the fruits of the spirit, which were love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, faith, goodness, meekness, and temperance. She smiled and double winked at her dad to let him know she understood. Trinity Grace's angels allowed her to go home and the family celebrated her birth, the beginning. Thank you for reading our story about Trinity Grace and the nine beautiful fruits. Don't forget to share the fruits of the spirit with your friends. We just did. The end. It was really, really good, E. I really like this book. I cannot believe that you got all no's when you sent this book out to be published by a traditional publisher. And I am glad that you found another way to, to get the book out there and to get it published and to share it with the world. I, I think that's fantastic. So congratulations to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm interested in the the other two books that you're writing. And, I, and I'm assuming, I'm going to assume that these books are not complete yet. Is the, are the manuscripts complete? The, the children's book is not 100% complete yet. And it's because I want to get my nine-year-old involved once I get her attention um, to, to help me with it. So I'm saving some things for her to really add to that. But the um, last book that's going to come out um, the end of 2021 um, when daddy left, my father stayed. That is a book. The manuscript is complete. I am actually revising that and tweaking some things. Um, because when I, when I put it out there, I want to make sure that truly it's a book of healing. So growing up as a 
child in a single parent home is that where kind of the inspiration for this book came from it did and to be quite honest with you um you know I didn't grow up feeling like I had a void in my life until um my now husband proposed to me and I realized at that point who was going to walk me down that aisle and at that point in my life, I, up until that point, I never felt like I had a void. And when this all came to um, the, the present of me getting married, walking down that aisle, having the traditional, you know, my dad, etc., that's when it really, I think, hit home for me. My grandfather had passed back in 1988, so he couldn't be that person to walk me down. Um, Other than my grandfather, that was really the only male role model in my life. And so it was an interesting void to feel that I hadn't felt ever. And so, um, you know how every day you watch television and you... Um, see different movies and shows. And I just happened to be watching one of these little reality shows, Basketball Wives. And one of the ladies on there, she was actually about to get married and her father was still living. She didn't have a relationship. And as she was talking to her mother on a reality show, this is a grown woman like myself. She burst out into tears. She was hurt. She was devastated. She didn't even understand how she was going to go to her father to even say, can you walk me down? Or if she should ask him to walk her down the aisle. So when I saw that episode years ago, I knew it just wasn't me. I knew that as a grown woman, you could still be hurting. You can still feel a void from not having your father in your life. And so, um, you know, going through the motions of that, um, I, I put all my emotions and weighed heavily on God and he brought me that closure I needed. Uh, my uncle ended up walking me down the aisle. Um, it was great. Um, that day was beautiful, but I leaned on God even harder and he constantly just was filling that void for me. And so that's why I said when daddy left, My father stayed because God never left me. He's been there with me through it all, through every decision, through every step, through every uh, thing that I've been through. I've always, I've always known that he's there. So I think with the healing piece, you have to lean on God to heal that, to heal that so-called void that you think you have. But really, in in reality, you have a father to call on for everything that's always there. So that's the backdrop to that story. That sounds like it's going to be a wonderful book. And so listening to you talk, you sound like you would maybe be a a nonfiction children's writer. Is that how you would maybe classify yourself? Do you see yourself ever writing any fiction or anything anything like that? Well, you know, um, I have so many poems that I've, I've dived into that world of, you know, um, that have, have really fulfilled that through college, through talent shows, through 
um, you know, so many different events I used to participate in. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going backwards to that. Um, But who knows? Every day is a new day, right? So we'll just have to see how it goes. Any anything that leads you back to writing is not backwards. That's true. Like I say, and I'm going to say this probably all the time, I believe mm-hmm. that there is an audience for every writer and there mm-hmm. is a listener for every podcaster. Wow, that's true. And it's never going backwards. If it leads you back if it leads you back to your passion, then it's never mm-hmm. backwards. It's always forward. That's my two cents. That's, That's my That's inspiration. You over, you over inspired me. So um, <laughs> I always appreciate when when people come on the podcast and they bring their flavor and their knowledge and their their insights because it, it inspires me to keep going. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough when you're a writer and you're trying to write and convey a message, and right. it can be hard. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm gonna be honest. You know, a lot of times. What got me through some of my tough times was writing. Um, throughout college, I wrote 52 poems. And each poem, I tell you, got me through every hard time from, you know, everything from coming, going to, you know, a school that, you know, only had maybe 1% at the time African Americans there to all kinds of different things that I experienced. Um, I was a I was a writing, writing, writing person. And it got me through. Yeah, I also am I'm a poet at heart. I have stacks of poems, but I tend to write through my pain. Yes. I don't tend to write when I'm happy, not poetry. Right. I write stories because mm-hmm. I love to tell stories. I'm a storyteller. Yeah. We can sit down and we can talk stories. But when it comes to poetry, that's like my private, let me write through my pain (laughs) moment. And it would be hard for me to let y'all listen to my poetry because sometimes it's just, sometimes it's just deep and dark. Right. Oh yeah. I have some of those. Believe me. I have some and they will stay dear and close. So I understand. I get it. But if you ever decide um, to write a book of poetry, or if you ever decide that you would like to read some of your poetry um this uh podcast will always be open to you thank you e um i would love to have you come back in the future when you have your other books out there and we can catch up with you and find out uh more about you know what you're doing i've truly enjoyed your book um any any parting words of of wisdom or knowledge that you want to leave the listeners I just say, you know, whatever passion you have, don't let corporate America stop it. Don't let a best friend stop it. You keep doing it. You keep pushing on because that passion is you is the talent that God has poured into you. And it may not be a full-time thing. It may not even be a part-time thing, but if it's part of you, continue. Because that's just that's just what God has poured into you. We all cut, are cut from the original cloth of mankind and and all the things that God is, has set out for us. My life isn't your life. Your life isn't my life. And you have to just take advantage of what God has given you, the talent, the path, just keep moving forward. 
and um, just just keep doing that no matter what. I know we all have to take you know certain turns with our careers to to keep the lights on and to keep food on the table. But I'm just I'm just so thankful that God has always kept me writing. And he kept me moving and he kept me moving towards him and helping others. So um, I encourage you all to do the same. And I also encourage, you know, to be so proud that our culture has come so far. And to be an African-American today, even back then, it was something big. And I think even now it's even bigger. So, um, you know, I'm just excited to just just be on this podcast. Thank you, Miss Kelly. It has definitely been a blessing to me to hear all the different episodes that you've started. So keep doing what you're doing. You're definitely encouraging a lot of folks. Well, I thank you, E, for coming on. Again, the link to the book will be in the description of the podcast. You guys can go out and get it. It's called Planting Fruitful Seeds by E. Splon. Uh, keep a lookout for her. She is up and coming. She's going to come out with some more stuff, some more knowledge, and we'll definitely catch up with her when that time comes. Thank you so much for listening to Brightheaded Publishing Patio Book Book Club. Until next time, keep writing.